Warning, what follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I am called Nick. And I'm called Zach. Welcome to We're in Fear, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Chakalaka. He's on fire. <laughs> All right. Yes, indeed, yeah. 1984. That's a wonderful year. Yeah. Ominous title for a book, but wonderful year. Uh, Ken Webster moved into Meadow College. College. <laughs> Great start. It's fine. Cottage. Okay. <laughs> Got Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meadow Cottage in uh, a town called Doddleston, which is in England. It's near the Will border of wales in, okay it's in england enticing cool all right mm-hmm. uh the cottage was a small unit that was probably in need of some restoration okay uh but ken taught economics at the hardin high school across the border in wales all right sweet the small home would house uh ken his girlfriend debbie and a friend and fellow teacher named Nick. Nick and Debbie. And what was our main guy's name? Ken. Ken. Ken, Nick, and Debbie. All right. Yeah. Hanging out in good old Britain. Yep. Uh, Nick used the room that Ken and his friends would treat as a music studio. Uh, they would mess around with writing songs and attempting musical endeavors. Cool. Um, as you do. Maybe like the room that we're sitting in. Not dissimilar. Yeah. Definitely not dissimilar. Well, Deb, Debbie and Ken took the second floor bedroom. So, Got it. Renovations would commence. Uh, and they took some time, but eventually they would be finished. Okay. The first sign of anything weird happening in oh. Meadow Cottage... Good start, by the way. That's a good sentence. ...was what appeared to be a strange set of footprints that appeared on the wall of the house. Um, footprints normally aren't on any walls. Normally. Right. They went up the wall and onto the ceiling. Worse. Getting worse. Stranger still, the footprints appeared to have six toes. Escalating. Ken and company wrote it off as maybe the dust settling weird from the ongoing renovations. This is me, like, taking off my glasses, going like, hmm, okay. Weird? Yeah, all right. But not immediately concerning, right? Yeah, I mean, gravity usually doesn't let the dust settle on the... Yeah, I mean, if it was something sticky on the wall or something. Okay, it's a separate issue. If there's wall stick, good old wall stick. Anyways, it's just dust. I don't know, maybe they took the, the wallpaper off or something. It's just dust, right? It's fine. Uh... Well, time moves on, and they're finishing up the res- renovations. Uh-huh. And, you know, the weird footprints, whatever they are, they're going to paint anyways. So just cover it up. No big deal. Yeah, so the painting 
It's like the last thing to happen for the renovations. Makes sense. You get painted over. Yeah, done, gone. Gone. Goodbye. Forget about them. So everything's fine. Yeah, but uh, except for the next day, the footprints are back and they like appear to be fresh on top of the paint. Uh, Weird. Let's paint over it again. Yeah, just again, more dust settling. Problem solved. Goofy. Panels solve all problems. And it seemed to work that time. Okay. The footprints, the six toed footprints that go up the wall. <laughs> took care of it did not appear the following day. no so it's all normal paint worked the end yeah piece of cake mm-hmm. end of story delicious cake alright we'll see you guys yeah, next alright guys stay spooky um, no other things started to happen well yeah you're messing up it's little pacing path mm-hmm. cans furniture other kitchen items Started being stacked on top of each other in the kitchen. Okay. The uh, group that lived in the home, Ken and Company, we'll call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would leave, you know, for an evening out or run errands, go to work. Sure. You know, living. Yeah, existing in human society. They'd come back to structures made from household items balanced precariously, making towers in the kitchen. Okay. I'm, I'm sure the house is just settling weird. Yeah, the renovations. Is... Yeah, just something that happens. Uh, Ken actually assumed that it was some of his musician friends sneaking into the house when they were out, just Maybe. to mess with them. Maybe. He tried not to think too much more about it. Those rascals stacking my cans. Mm-hmm. He got me good. Uh, but in the back of his mind, you know, the mm. the home, the cottage before was not... Anything to be desired, really, but he just put all his money into it, yeah, renovating it. Uh huh. And now, if people are getting in, it's more appealing to try to break into it, maybe. So that's in the back of his mind. Oh yeah. Like is security, a, a, something's wrong here. If my friends are getting in and screwing, right. screwing with me, right? Uh, so he just it's in the back of his mind, right? Okay. Yeah. He's got some suspicions. Yeah. And he's not entirely sure who's pulling, pulling the pranks. So that's a little concerning. Right. Nowhere to place the blame. So it's like, okay, what can you do? Yeah. Uh, he had also started bringing home a personal computer from the high school he taught at. He would rent it out from the IT department. And he would use it as a word processor on the weekends. He'd use it for household projects. Or uh, Nick was actually kind of over-teaching at this point and was looking to branch out. And he was starting to take a, a stab at uh, writing scripts. Nice. Okay. Very cool. So having a word processor, word processor in the house, you know. Yeah. Good job, guys. Kind of made. It's an upgrade, mm-hmm. especially in 1984. Personal computers were not. I kept reminding myself that not only do you not have. I mean, he's renting it out from school, taking it home. So this is like a big yeah. responsibility too. Yeah, I remember back in the day, my my dad would bring home a computer from work for like things on the weekends and stuff. Uh-huh. And I mean, it was like an an old right desktop <laughs> unit. Boom! It take up the entire dining room table. Right. You know. Yep. Uh, and that's in the nineties. Right. This is nineteen eighty four. Yeah. So having anyone in the house though that he's not aware of, a little concerning. Now bringing home this 
expensive equipment that he doesn't actually own. No. Right? Nope. Um The computer was a BBC Micro and I looked at pictures of it and it's like a monitor and like a big keyboard separate from it and everything. Okay. It's an 80s computer. Yeah, it looks uh, cool. Apparently the BBC like made it somehow. I don't understand exactly how that came about, but it was part of England's initiative to try to modernize. Okay. And try to take a, a lead at that. So I sure. guess it was like pretty well funded and it brought around personal computing for a lot of people. Nice. Pretty cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, in December of 1984, the group left home to visit friends in town. And in their haste to have a fun night out with friends, they left the computer running in the kitchen. Whoops. Whoops. Later that night, when they returned, they realized that their mistake, that they had forgotten to turn off the computer. And that may not have been a big deal. No, you just turn it off and go to bed. But once again, it seemed that someone had been in their home. How so? And decided to prank them. What kind of prank? Because on the, s- the computer screen was a message that had been typed out. Oh, it's coherent. Great. It said, Ken, Deb, Nick. Oh, it's addressed to them. True are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn, pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. Get out your bricks. Pussycat, pussycat, went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. All right, guys, it's been fun. (laughs) I think I'm going to find somewhere else to live. I think I'm done. I'm out. Bye. This was addressed to all of us. Nope, not me. I'm gone. Uh, Funny prank, guys. Yeah, Debbie, where are you going? I'm out. In fact, we're going to break up. I'm done with this. Yeah. Um, see you later. Doesn't seem great. Seems less than ideal. It's weird, though, right? Kind of, it's like a poem, and then it gets weird. The pussycat, pussycat went to London thing. I don't know where that comes from. It's just kind of all over the place. I mean, it's just ominous, and then it gets like goofy, which is somehow more ominous. Right, yeah. It's like, okay. A little unsettling. Right. Just a little whimsical pussycat talk. Uh, so way, the way the computers worked back then was kind of similar, but you had like your save file or whatever, uh, but you had to save it under a certain name, similar to how it is now. Sure. Uh, this had been saved in the program Edward, which was their, uh, word processor okay. A- app. Okay. Uh, but it was saved under a file named KDN. Ken Devnick. Devnick. The strange poem kind of creeped them out because it was unknown who had written. They just it. look at each other. Did you? Did you? Yeah, not one of them had well, done it. Nah. They all kind of were like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly did, like you said. She's like, no. So it appeared, once again, someone had gotten into their house, and that creeped them out even more. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, it's a human being fucking with your house, and like, that's not what you want. Yeah, even if it's your friends or like something like, hey man, what? Why are you breaking into my house? Right, like, haha, the cans are one thing, but this is thing is a very expensive piece of government equipment. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. So, go about their business. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so time goes by. Things keep getting stacked in the kitchen. And on into February, the sight of the strange towers of items in the kitchens begins to feel more like a normal thing than more of a surprise. I'm glad they've normalized it. Seeing as nothing was ever stolen or damaged, Ken was even more certain now that it was some of his friends pranking him. And he, Did- had, to ju- and he had just begun to live with it. You know, I assume if you have friends, you know who your friends are. Would you ask them maybe once or twice? I would think so. Like, hey, man, you doing that? Hey, that was funny. And they'd be like, what do you mean? Yeah. The cans? Yeah, nice one. You got me good. Yeah. That uh, was crazy how you stacked it all up like that. I never would have seen that coming. Like, we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know when you typed that cool pussycat poem on my computer? <laughs> what? Yeah. I didn't think it was very funny. Like, what do you mean? Then he has one of them read it. Like, what the fuck is this? We yeah. Oh, my God. This is fucked up. He's like, that's what I was saying. You didn't yeah. write this? No. Did you? No. Well, in late February, the group was once again out to blow off some steam from the work week. Okay. When they got home, they realized again one of them had forgotten to turn off the computer. And again, someone had gotten into the house and used the computer. And they created a file in the Word program named Reate had been saved on the computer. That message or document reads, this could get a little rough, but bear with me here. Sure. I write on behalf of many. What strange words thou speak, although I must confess that I hath been ill-schooled. Sometimes methinks alterations are somewhat barful, for they break main a sleep in mine bed. Thou art goodly man who hath fanciful woman who dwell in mine home. I hath no want a free, for only scythe mine half-witted antic has ripped a twain. Mine bound hath I been wreathed a night. I hath seen main alterations, lasty charge, house and thou home. Tis a fitting place with lights which devil maketh, and costly things that only mine friend Edmund Gray can afford, or the king himself. "'Twas a great crime to hath bribed mine house. Bribed mine house. L.W. Oh, my God. So he writes a whole fucking novel. <laughs> it's a whole story. Uh-huh. And then it's signed L.W. Compliments Deborah. It's a fine lady. Obviously doesn't understand electricity. Lights which devil maketh. Very confused how that's possible. Mm-hmm. The old time we speak. Uh, this is something that is not of their era. Yeah. So this message was maybe different. A little odd. What a fun prank. It's a good prank, guys. Ha ha. Ha ha he he. Ken was now more intrigued than before. Who have, who could have written such an odd message? Some fucking psycho. <laughs> when he returned to the computer the following Monday, uh, he began to talk with his coworkers about the strange writing he had found. Not only is this like a newer piece of equipment, all this crazy shit's happening. So it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, one of his fellow teachers, Peter, was intrigued by the strange writing and spoke with Ken about it. Uh, he wanted to know if it was some sort of hoax or just like a story for entertainment. Yeah. Or if it was legit. Uh-huh. Ken assured him what he had found had been real, but he did not know who did it. 
Okay. Peter became intrigued by this, and he decided to take some time to research the strange English of the letter. It's all spelt very different than... I'm sure. Like, yeah. Old old English, like weird E's and... So Peter does the research into it, and yeah, you're kind of on point here. Um, It's not Old English technically, because Old English goes until like the 1200s or something like that. Sure. Uh, It's considered early modern English. Okay. So kind of making the transition, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Peter asked Ken to let him know if any more messages would appear, and if they did appear, if he could review them, because he wants to see if he can pinpoint the time period of the older English. Yeah. And Ken agreed and said he would let him know. All right. Okay. So... uh, Big deal. All a right. weekend later. Here we go. Ken and a friend sat at the computer in the ki- kitchen and decided to write a reply. See if they could figure out who's leaving these strange messages on the computer. Now we're talking to it. Great. So they typed out. In the reign of Queen Elizabeth II, dear LW, thank you for your message. We are sorry for disturbing <laughs> it's you. It's like an email. What would you like us to do? Did you live in a house on this land about 1620? Do you want us to tell you more about our time? Why write a poem? Who is Edward Gray? Is he related to the Edgerton family? Do you have a family? Is the King James or Charles Stewart? Is, yeah, they ask who's the king. Yeah. What is the charge house? How many questions are you going to ask him? House? Was this village called Doddleston in your life? And how many families lived here? It's too many questions. Thank you very much for your messages. Thank you for not making... And how many families lived here? Thank you very much for your messages. Thank you for not making us afraid. Ken, Debbie, John. Oh, I think Nick moved out at this point. He's like, all right. Yeah. We're out. You guys can have this. I got things to do. Unless I mixed up my names. But I th- he did move out at the one point, I believe. Okay. Um, they typed that out and then left it and left the house. Okay. I don't know. Killed some time. Yeah, just... Drank a few. Go to the pub. Yeah. I think the pub in the town is called like the Red Lion, I think. Badass. It's been there for like ever. Like most. Um, I could be wrong on that because I didn't write it down. That's fine. But I saw it, and I was like, oh, cool. When they got back, there was a reply. Great. "'Twas an honest farm of oak and stone. Oh, Jesus. It is helpful that you should tell me about thy time. Dost thou have horse? Edmund Gray, brother of John Gray, lives at Kinnerton Hall. The king, of course, is Henry the Eighth, who is six and forty. A nay-woot of King James." Mine charge house is a place of law. Signed LW, 28 March, and um, 1521. Cool. Normal. Well, we're curious about a year. He just tells them. That's nice. Yeah. Weird. Because this yeah. is 1984. More developments. There's quite a year gap in between those two. But Dates. still, it's got to be an intruder because the history is off. 1521, Henry VIII was not 46. And Hinner- Kinnerton Hall wasn't built until the 17th century. Oh, shit. It's so new. 
Ken shared the message with Paul again, and they both agreed that the history wasn't right. Another work week goes by. The weekend rolls in. The computer is plopped on the kitchen counter. This time specifically to talk with whoever is leaving messages. Okay. This time LW signed his messages Lucas. What's the L? He wrote, he wrote of his wife's death. He Sad. mentioned names of friends. Sad. What he thought of the local cheese. Important to know. And that... And made mention that his house had been made of red brick. Those last two top tier things they need to know. I, <laughs> I want to know what he thought about the cheese. <laughs> and uh, my house is made of red brick. But this cheese, man. Holy shit. I, I like to think he was typing out the messages and then like just, just biting a big wheel of cheese. Oh, yeah. Just snacking. Whatever, just whatever's around. Yeah, he's just like, you know. Cheese is, cheese is on point. Cheese is just, you know, the cheese in my day. How is the cheese in this day? Seems delicious. How's your guys' cheese? Yeah. It's in a can now. We can spray it. Oh. <laughs> you have magic cheese? Uh, Are you a cheese wizard? Cheese whiz? Hmm. Interesting. Ken and Peter. Did I mix up my names again? Peter was a guy at the school, right? Yeah, okay. I thought I said Paul at some point. Oh, all the apostles. Oh, I, did. I, I typed Paul. It's supposed to be Peter. That's fine. Well, We get it. Yep. Uh, Ken and Peter would, over the course of the following week, try to cross-reference and fact-check any of these statements to see if there was any validity to the messages. A reasonable thing to do. It'd be a lot quicker now. We're talking 1984. Right. Well, I guess it's 85 now, technically. They go to the library, look at books? Yeah, they got to go to the library. They got to go do, like, the microfilm and uh, like, all that kind of stuff. How annoying. Research used to be so hard back in the day. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Um, Feared. The one thing that struck Ken, though, was that during the renovations of Meadow Cottage, some of the builders had found some red bricks uh, underneath some of the the cottage itself. Okay. And they were doing something. Yeah. And it was maybe part of an old foundation or part of an old building that had been on the property. Okay. Uh, That's adding up to something. Yeah. Lucas also seemed to think that he implied that Ken and Debbie were living in his home. Maybe they were. And then Peter off doing his own research, uh, had kind of come to the conclusion that the dialect of the messages we're coming from the western area. Okay. I don't know exactly what that means in England. But, sure. Uh, he said that the... And then following messages, they should hint at Bristol. Okay. Which, is, which they do. And then Lucas replied, and he had confirmed that he was originally from Bristol. And then he signed off with his full name, Lucas Wayneman. He's... Build, they're building trust with him. He's opening up. Now they got a full name, uh-huh. and now they can really start diving into the history, yeah. looking for any evidence of Luke's Wayneman. And is this real? Is this a prank? What's going on here? Right. At this point, if it's a prank, like it's pretty committed. Like we're pretty all in. Mm-hmm. This must be. If this was a prank, it'd be somebody's most favorite thing to do, because there's a lot of time and effort being put into. This. Is this a prank, or could they? be messaging someone from the 1500s 
through their personal computer that they borrow from high school. <laughs> Maybe. What if? Maybe. Maybe they found a portal computer. Mm-hmm. A technological... Marvel? I mean, that, and like, I'm trying to think of what's... Email, but for ghosts, it's Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Great. Shit, I've been using that for a while. <laughs> yeah, me too. Holy hell, fuck. Didn't want back that long. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Their studies, however, would prove that Lucas Wayman was not found in any history of the region. And words in the messages were not appropriate to the dialect and were hundreds of years after the 1500s. None of the friends' names really showed up either in any of the history. So did that prove it was or wasn't a hoax? I mean, either way, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about written history from... 400 years beforehand. Yeah, how much of that's going to make it? Yeah. Or, yeah, it could go either way, right? Uh-huh. However, the entire time these messaging messages are going back and forth, Yeah. and the history is being researched, the strange stacking of objects in the kitchen is still happening. Something fun to do. Pass the time. Ken and Debbie are starting to think they may have a poltergeist in the house. It took him a while to get here, but I mean... Poltergeist just came out like this year, so... I don't know. It might have, maybe. Right. I, I didn't look that up. That's right. Um, this is like the movie we saw. Yeah. Oh, shit. But still, every weekend, Ken would rent the BBC Micro mm-hmm. and bring it home to message Lucas in the 1520s. Now we're doing... Now we're getting the computer to talk to a ghost. Is it a ghost? Uh, they they think maybe. It's just yeah. I, Lucas eventually gives Ken and Debbie permission to stay in his house. He calls them goodly visitors, and they can stay as long as he pleases. I'd be more concerned about that part. Like, oh, he's cool with this now. All right. This part's fun. I'm gonna have to read old English again, and then Please. I'll kind of break yes. it down for you if it doesn't come across. That's fine. Mine goodly fool, mine linkman, thinketh that thou art be all in mine pan, hath saith. That make me that me maketh like Divinstra, but I know y'all live now. He's al saith that mine blood be poisoned, and that it be mine weak hind fancy. But loon me that me think an old told hem so all said tis like fairy magold, and that to hold it close till my right rights book. <laughs> Did he get poisoned to death? No. What is he talking about? All right, so uh, Peter translated it as, My pleasant fool, my servant thinks that you are all in my head. He says I act like a seer, but I know you live now. He also says that my blood is poisoned, and that is my weak weak hinged imagination, but I am not mad. I think and told him so. I also said it's like fairy gold, that he should keep it secret until I write a book. So is he mentally projecting his thoughts into the future on this computer? <laughs> if his servants like seeing him talk to nobody, yeah, he's like, "Hey, man, you're crazy." He's like, "No, I'm talking to, I'm talking through a computer." And, and to 1984, like, what year? And what's a computer? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a person? Oh no. 
So it's a robot. They get that message, and so most of the messages come like that uh-huh. in that type of English. Yeah, and most of them I've translated, and they're still kind of sure. Yeah, yeah. Or I didn't translate them, but it was translated. Yeah, got it. But yeah, he brought them to my attention. Uh, Ken and Debbie are growing confused. Fair. Curious. Fair. This no longer is seeming like a hoax because how would that be done? Uh, you could catch this person at some point. They think now they have a poltergeist in the home and that they're talking with a man that claims it's 1521. Yeah, he doesn't know what's going on. So have they opened communication with the spirit of someone long dead? Or some sort of time rift that allows them to communicate across 400 years? Oh my god, the second one's so cool! What if Peter's studying the languages or the language and he's seeing consistencies that make it seem like the English is from around the 1500s with the odd word here and there just not lining up. Sure. But also, you don't people speak in all different ways. If it's basically close, maybe. Mhm. The messaging continues on the weekends. Well, weekday's over, time to party. Yeah. Uh, Ken eventually leaves a photo of a car on top of the computer, to which he receives a reply about how it looks crude and and it needs a horse to go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, just real fuck with this guy. Really fuck him up. And then then he goes on and he he also asks, what kind of paper is that printed on? What's Like, what is the wood made from, I think is what he said. Oh, my God. Or what wood is it made from? Uh-huh. And then he throws in, like, a recipe. Just a, just a screw with his head. Does it involve a microwave? No. no, no. It, this was, is Lucas is sending these. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. This is his reply to the photo of the oh, car. So he's, he's trying to bounce something back and forth. Like, oh, this is from my time. Yeah. Since you're so, showing me things from your time. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. That's nice. When Ken went back and looked at the photo of the car that he had left on top of the computer, though, he found it strangely burned at the edges, and it seemed to have taken on a new brittleness. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, great. Like something was trying to grab it, touch it, maybe some force. It seemed like it had been burned a little yeah. bit. Yes. And, you know, when you, like, when you heat paper, it, like, takes on, like, a new firmness. Uh-huh. It's getting like it, brittle. Yeah. Tough. Um, Coarse, harsh. It's compromised. Yes. Well, now the messages are starting to come when people are at home. Okay. So if it was an intruder, they're getting real bold. Very much so. Like, they got a message at one point when Ken had gone out for the night, uh-huh. but Debbie stayed home. She mm-hmm. was upstairs most of the time, so... Yes. Sure, maybe. Right. Uh, but that's pretty bold if, you know, you're trying to pull pranks. I mean, it's a little strong. I mean, maybe if you're trying to get caught pulling the pranks, you're like, this is going too well. Right. I'll go while they're home. And be like, oh, you got me, huh? Right. You know, I'm too good at this. Well, nobody ever... They never saw anybody. And Ken and Debbie began to hear footsteps above them when they'd be in the kitchen. It's getting worse. Could it be their over-imaginative minds playing tricks when they may or may not be having an intruder enter their home? Oh, my God. Yeah, or you're giving it so much attention it's getting stronger. You're acknowledging its existence. Great. Yeah. Well, the messages continue. 
Peter, however, is doing his due diligence. And one week at school, he gave Ken the bad news. Oh, no. None of the places, names that Lucas had been messaging them were lining up. There were too many inconsistencies for this to be someone from the 1500s. And that maybe grounded Ken back into reality a little bit. So they set back into playing, messaging back, but they were going to play coy and like try to buy into the, with the guys messaging them and see if they can get the intruder to slip up enough that they can expose who it really is. Okay. Again, if it's your friends, just ask them. I like the plan, but yeah, if it's someone you just... I mean, maybe they really are pranksters. Like They could be. They really doubled down. Yeah. Because at some point someone decided that we should write in this old English accent, and then we just kept doing it because it was getting the most attention. And it was just super funny and super ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. This has been going on for well over a month now. Okay. The stacking of items, the this footsteps. The most fun. The messages. It's all going on at once. Okay. Another weekend rolls in, computers rented, messaging continues. Mm-hmm. One reply, Lucas seems to have grown angry, angry with Ken. Oh, God. And he writes, my friend, pray, what strange demon are you? I am so confused. You are goodly, I feel, but your lies frighten me much. Uh-oh. You said you are alive, but this is not so. I have no wish to accuse you, but you said also that you are an educated man. That you know of my friend Erasmus. Erasmus? But you do not mention my misspelled words. If you were alive, you would say you know not of Jesus College. The messages continue with pointing out inaccuracies with what Ken has been telling him, and then signs off with, It is not I that make you afraid, it is you who makes me afraid. I like that. Turning the tables, a little bit of gaslighting. Yeah. You're scaring me. Why are you doing this to me? Mm-hmm. I just want to be your friend and talk to you about my time, and you're telling me these weird lies. So just as Ken and company were testing Lucas, mm-hmm. it seems Lucas has been doing the same to Ken and Debbie. Oh, God. They seem to be testing each other. Like, both are confused about what the fuck is happening. Fair. They fill Peter in during the week, and he says it's time to get more people involved. They bring in a psychic research group. Okay. And prove, to try and prove or disprove whatever, whatever is going on. Let's mix in as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Introduce them to the computer that can time displace messages. Or is just possessed by a spirit of some sort. Ken and Peter are very into the mystery of what is going on here. I am too. Debbie, on the other hand, does not seem to be enjoying herself at all. Debbie. And she feels people touching her. And has dr- dreams of a figure she believes is Lucas. Well, Lucas has picked a favorite. That's nice. She's so freaked out that she stops sleeping in the house at all. Debbie's gone. They get a rental property across town, and she basically she nopes sleeps out. Sleeps there now. She still comes home here, but she doesn't ever sleep here anymore. Well, that's annoying. Peter is still hitting a wall and trying to find a Lucas Wayneman in history. Mm-hmm. When another message arrives in the time and shows that Lucas Wayneman is just a handle. He doesn't want his real name going out into the world to people from some time in the future or possibly demons. Fair. 
Good job, LW. LW is it's like a pen name. Just fake. Mm-hmm. Lies. Disguise. It's a disguise. Because he's worried about what people will say about him 400 years in the future. <laughs> Who cares, man? Your reputation. Don't want to ruin that. So Ken eventually brings more people over to kind of witness this stuff. And like, they also have to try to prove that they're not just hoaxing to get these paranormal researchers to come by. Right. Because it's a waste of their time. Exactly. They don't want anything to do with it. So they have other people come by. And at one point, one of them notes that they were in the other room and they felt a cold point or cold spot. Okay. Fill the room, and he said like there was a fire in the fireplace going, and it had to have been a breeze, but he doesn't know how. Oof. And he, but they felt a breeze, and then when they walked into the the kitchen where the computer sat, there was a message on it. This time, it was a message from someone named John. Great, more characters. And they said that Lucas had been arrested for communicating with demonic spirits. This is incredible. And had now been arrested for witchcraft. Can the other side of this exchange, can this be a movie? Right? And can I get both sides of this chaos? Yeah. Well, John was apparently the sheriff Great. that had arrested him. And he found his future computer. He's going to send messages to the future now? Well, he didn't know how he was communicating with Okay. Them. So it's just telepathic. <coughs> Some kind of weird future telepathic spiritual link. He didn't see any device or anything. Uh, so I'm, I missed, I mixed up a little bit of the, the timeline here. Go, okay. So I got to just go off memory. That's fine. <coughs> um, I'm getting a good gist. But they basically... They said, we need to talk to Lucas again before he goes to jail. Uh, We need to... Reasonable. We need to talk with him. So they they must have let uh, Lucas out of prison long enough to send one more message again. And it said... I'll just read it to you in the translated version instead of the... Fair. The old one, because... You said your time be 1985? Me thought you're also from 2109, like your friend whom did bring Leem's Boist. And Leem's Boist means the box of light or light box. What the fuck? Time traveler from the year 2100? 2109. Takes a computer back in time, like talk to the future, 1984. Yeah. Luca, what? So someone from 2109... Had apparently visited Lucas in 1521. Correct. And had somehow linked a computer to 1985. Ken, now even more confused as to what to do, decided to write a message saying, calling 2109. And 2109 responded. So now we're talking to the future? Mm Mm-hmm. Is this a movie? (laughs) No, not that I know of. Because it should be. Ken, Deb, Peter, we are sorry we can only give you two choices. One, you have your predicament be explained in such non-rhyme way that you have instant understanding. Rhyme way. Or two, try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall in your lifetime change the face of history. 
This is a movie. We, 2109, must not affect your thoughts directly, but give you some sort of guidance that will allow room for your own destiny. All we can say is that we are all part of the same God, whatever he, it is. Shut up, 2109. <laughs> what are you talking about? If you don't want to affect anything, you're just going to nudge them along, though? Mm-hmm. Push them in a direction? That would be the name of the movie, by the way. 2109. That's mm-hmm. just the movie. That's all it's called. Maybe. I'm not down with the story. I don't know what it should be called. All right, so now i got to jump back into my timeline a little bit here. Okay. Because I don't remember when it comes back in exactly. Okay. Since I put it in the wrong spot here. But uh, Lucas goes quiet for a while. He's like they're messaging. He's in jail, right? The paranormal exp- people are there to try to research this now. Uh-huh. And he's gone. Not messaging. Perfect timing. Happening. Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. So they decide to do... He's talking with the teachers at school, you know, sitting around the water cooler, borrow the computer again. Yeah. <sighs> Lucas is in jail for witchcraft. It's <laughs> wild. <laughs> it's getting out of control. Uh, we're talking the future now. Just things we're talking, like, and somebody's drinking his coffee, he, like, spits it out. He's like, what? Yeah. Um, <sighs> but so they, okay. they, they all kind of, like, they, they're like, we need Lucas out. Like, it's our fault. Yeah. He's in jail. He's our friend. Yeah. How do we get them out? And somebody's like, they think you're demons. Play it up. This man just wants to watch the world burn. (laughs) (laughs) This man is the the dark horse we didn't know coming. So let's fuck it all up. (laughs) They they communicate again with the sheriff, John, and through some choice wording, uh, they hint that some bad things may befall the sheriff. You know what's good? Just to fuck with the police in any era, right? <laughs> make this man lose his mind, make him more paranoid. Yeah. Um, so they imply that things may go poorly for his eternal soul or something like that. And uh, soon enough, Luke's back, turning messages. Just like, oh, okay, for this guy, he's got, this, he's got hell on his side. Yeah, he, he said somebody... While he was in jail for like months, some other person had like kind of started squatting on his land and was like trying to take it over. Oh no! Um, you know, sixteenth century problems. What if that leads to his land being taken away? We're... Oh, that's what they were concerned about. They were like, "Oh, is this a deadline for our messaging to stop?" Right. Mm-hmm. Well. I don't know if that fits in right here, but we're going to get back into it. Now we're into May. Okay. How long has this been going on? Uh, the original message was in September of All right, so the previous year. Okay. Got it. So we're moving right along. Nice speed. Mm-hmm. The paranormal researchers have arrived and are determined to prove that this is a hoax of some sort. Uh... It's a hoax with the computer, they believe, to Ken's frustration and to Peter's gratitude, kind of, because he sees them trying to prove it as a hoax first, as that they're doing their job. Yeah, they're actually investigating. Mm -hmm. They're not just believing right out the gate that this is temporal communication. Mm -hmm. 
Debbie is still having frightening encounters with the poltergeist. Yeah, she's had enough. One day she came home or to the cottage and found all the furniture and appliances tossed around the room. Oh, my God. The cats were behaving strangely. Those poor cats saw it happen. Well, they were outside. They didn't even go in. She was like, that was kind of weird in itself. Uh Uh-huh. They decided to ask Lucas about the poltergeist activity and if he's the one doing it. He says he also experiences it and does not cause it. They begin concluding that 2109 is causing the poltergeist activity. Oh, my God. Lucas and Ken Mm -hmm. conspire to start communicating with pen and paper to get 2109 out of the equation. How How is that going to work? This surprisingly works. Oh, yeah? And now with that creepy 2109 not reading all the messages... Lucas gives his real name, Thomas Harden. So did they just come back to a piece of paper and there's like notes written down? Yeah, they like started putting, I think they were putting it on the computer at first or putting okay. it near it uh-huh. with like a pad of pen and paper and uh-huh. like the writing was really hard to read at first and then it got better over time. So he's like breaking through slowly if that's what's going on? Sure. Okay. Um, so Thomas Harden, he gives his real name. Now Peter and Ken have real name to go off of. And they find all of the answers in the historical documents confirming Thomas Harden's legitimacy. All the places they had been looking, they'd been looking for the wrong name the entire time. Uh huh. Now, the pieces are falling together. Thomas Harden and all the people he's naming, all the places he's saying, they're finding the evidence now. This communication continues on for months. At one point, 2109 leaves a strange cryptis, cryptic message in chalk oh God. in the kitchen. It reads, one more chance. Measure frequency by plus two energy. What else other than sound and light? Okay. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, what's that mean? Future shit? Yeah. What's he equating here? What is that about? 2109 would also message on the computer expressing their displeasure with Thomas and Ken for conspiring behind them. They are upset that they believe Ken has Thomas's real name, and they imply that it causes problems in the experiment. Okay, what's the experiment? <laughs> I don't know. What are we playing with here? Uh, what? Now it's September, so it's been about a year now. Operation fuck around and find out? What are we doing here? Messing with time? The paranormal researchers finally get a message back. What's to say? Just leave? They ask the computer things uh, without Ken and Debbie present so that they could rule out a hoax. Cool. They tried multiple things before. They would seal the room. But this is all while Thomas, a.k.a. Lucas at the time, yes. was in jail. They never got anything. No. So this time, they asked it a series of 10 questions. Okay. They didn't get 10 answers back. Instead, 2109 told them, David, John, that's the two researchers. Okay. David, you interfere with communication. Next time you decide to perform your little experiment, you must be clear. From here, we suggest you try someone else sit with Debbie. Yes, 
We are what you would call a tachyon universe. Oh, we would. This is what we call it. But your understanding is incorrect. We ask nothing more of you than you carry on as you prefer. We will have John present if given a given choice, or you may bring another as mentioned. No, it is no concern of us that this is not proved. We will not give you a. We will give you a crossing of a star next time. We move at a speed that we cover every point in your time and universe. We have no form. We feed on energy that you could not have heard of. What? Signed 2109. Oh, just with love. What? So does Dave and John just look at each other and they're like, well? Well, so the strange thing was mm-hmm. they had typed their questions. Yes. They left it for 45 minutes. Okay. They closed the document, got rid of it, I guess, so that... uh Debbie and Ken wouldn't know what it said. Right, because they're trying to make sure they're not the ones fucking with them. And they didn't get the answer for four days later. And Ken brought them a printout, I guess, of what the responses were. The investigators didn't seem thrilled by that, but they wanted to investigate more thoroughly. Okay. They wanted to remove the computer to a different location and try things there. Okay. Feel like the house might be a factor here, but maybe not. They were set on it was a hoax, and it seemed that they believed. It was implied that they were growing bored with it, and they were so determined that it was a hoax that they refused to believe otherwise. Oh, so they're more closed-minded than anybody right now. Yeah, that's what it seemed like to me. Um, they were sure that it was some sort of third party involved. Like, they thought maybe they were listening with microphones to keystrokes and, like, very elaborate hoax. Again, seems like, you know, the simplest answer could be the tr- not this weird conspiracy. But they were they were basically done. They were yeah. out. They're like, it's a hoax. We don't have any proof, but we're done. We're done with this. All right. We can't explain anything, so we're done. Yeah. Not as Which is, doesn't prove anything. It doesn't help anybody. It's just you waste everybody's time. 2109 was interested in helping now, though. Of course it was. They gave Ken contact info for a UFOologist named Gary Rowe. Okay. Ken, so now we're using... Okay. All right. 2109 then started communicating with Gary Rowe by writing messages and then... Uh, Ken would print them off and put them in an envelope without looking at them. And then he would deliver them to Gary. So someone from the future had turned him into a middleman to a UFOologist. Do you know earlier when you mentioned that this thing got off the rails and you went for a deep dive and it got to be more than you expected? I understand. (laughs) (laughs) What? Someone became a middleman for the future to the pa- to the present? Yeah. To the, to the past? Say that again. What's happening? So he's instructed, Ken yes. is instructed, yes. to not read the messages that 2109 is writing. Okay, just... He's just... Take them. He sees that it's there. He uh-huh. prints it off, uh-huh. puts it in an envelope, yep. and delivers it. To who? Gary Rowe, the UFOologist. Incredible. New character. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the messages went back and forth, I guess, for a bit between Gary and the future through the middleman. <laughs> yeah, okay. We don't know what they said. Heaven forbid they... Because apparently Ken 
did as he was told. Did not read them. Come on, Ken. I mean... I mean, right, but like... They said they were at all points in time in our universe, so... Right. They know. Right. Well, Gary Ra eventually wrote a letter to Ken. That letter said... Stop fucking bothering me. I'm instructed to apologize, but in any event, I would have done so of my own volition. There will be a letter hopefully this weekend. I'm also instructed to apologize to Ken and Debbie... So this is the 2109, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I must try and answer your last letter. It would appear you are more important than I had realized in the scheme of things. Gary. It's an honest to God film. The suspense is actually, you know, palpable. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what is Kevin's purpose? Who is Kevin? Who is Kevin? Who are you talking about? Isn't that a guy? Ken. Shit. <laughs> Sorry. That's my fault. That's my fault. Ken. Really? Ken is our guy. Mm-hmm. Our main character. Our lead dude. What? Yeah. So Ken went back to messaging Thomas. Okay. Who was Lucas. Right. Again, also not confusing. Right. Uh, but like they messaged back and forth. I think... It was like some 300 messages. Oh, my God. Went back and forth over the yeah. course of this whole thing. Okay. Um, and Ken is trying to figure out how this is possible. And he's asking Thomas. And Thomas explained to him that one day a green light began to shine near his chimney. And a man stepped out. A man? Yeah, the man said... It told him not to be afraid and seemingly left a computer for him and then disappeared after he told him to keep faith <sighs> and steady on. <laughs> Stay the course. Trust in the, the universe. And so this light box, that's what he said, remember? Okay, yeah. The guy from 2109 uh-huh. had showed up, given him this thing. And he just speaks to it. And that's why, like, when you said he's just talking and his servant thinks he's losing his mind. Yes. It sounds like that's what was happening. It feels like it is. Because it was just like taking his words and putting them into the... It's absorbing it. Like, it's a speak to type. Mm-hmm. To the future. Oh, my God. Yeah. The story goes on, messages continue, and then Ken receives a a message from Thomas elaborating how it was kind of like how good it was to talk to him, how interesting their story was, Mm -hmm. like when they would meet again, they would share meat and wine, things like that, Yeah, and before he... Before he died, it was going to be his endeavor to write a book about this experience okay. in the 1500s. Yes. Worth writing about. So the guy that was squatting at his place had like pressed legal action, was like getting him chased out because they were saying he's a witch. And like, oh, my God. So he was... Uh, so Thomas has his own, right? His name is Thomas, right? Yeah. His, so his, he had his own drama going on in his time. That, of That is documented in a book. If he wrote it. 
Because, yeah, we know about Ken's side. Because that's, you know, yeah, now, 30, 40 then, years ago. Or right. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but, yeah, we got a whole other side of the story. And so he was being chased out of his town, out of his home. Right. It was probably time to go. So he was going to Oxford to write this book chronicling the events and the story of the people from 2109 and the people from 1985 that he had talked with. Oh, my God. And Thomas went on to Oxford and supposedly did write this book. It was written in Latin with the help of a friend. 2109 confirmed it to Ken after he was told that Thomas would go on to write it. 2109 chimed in and was like, Thomas, yeah, he did it. Thomas wrote it? Mm-hmm. It was written in Latin with the help of a friend, and it was going to be hidden for them to find so that they could prove it in the future. Okay, so? And that book is yet to be found. Of course not. Mm-hmm. So, Ken went on to write <laughs> a book in 1989 about... <laughs> His experience uh-huh. from 1984 to 1985, uh-huh. and maybe a little bit beyond that, but those were the peak years. Yeah, those were that was it mostly. Okay, mostly 1985. Yeah, okay. The book is called The Vertical Plane. Okay. Um, Gary Rao apparently says to this day, when he chimes in on message boards, whether it's him or not, we don't know for sure. Right. Somebody claiming to be Gary Rao uh, left with some new motivation and says like the experiences that he learned from this future entity are mind blowing. And the things we don't know because they were discreet messages passed from Ken to Gary. Mm-hmm. And he has no way to really, I guess, put it into proof. I don't sure. know exactly. Right. Um, we wouldn't understand if he was just to tell us, right? The Our future, present, past brains aren't equipped for this. Yeah, the paranormal investigators, the it was like called the SPR, I think. Okay. Society of Paranormal Research, I think. Okay. Um, that's a Society of Psychic Research. Either way. The paranormal investigators said that they have no file of ever doing the investigation, um, but it was because, supposedly because the guy that was doing it was on his way out. Uh, it's just not documented. Of course not. One of the best ones ever. Just not written down. Yeah, Gary Rao said this was probably the first, I think it was Gary Rao said it, this is probably the first evidence of psychic computer usage, and it should have been... More of a thing. How often is there psychic computer communication? I don't know. Me neither. Ken and Debbie appeared on a BBC television event in the mid-90s about this experience. Uh, Ken and Debbie don't really want anything to do with it, though. It was their experience. So they had their identities hidden when they did it. Or they... Didn't show their faces and okay. they masked yeah. their voices. Okay. And the book written by Thomas has yet to be found. Which is... Asks a lot of other questions. Yeah. 
you know, never found, definitely written, supposedly. Future confirmed it. I mean, can't argue with the future. Yeah. They know what they're talking about. They've already, they, they know what's they happened in the past. They've seen it. Yeah. They've read about it. Mm-hmm. They've read about that book. So this uh, story is commonly referred to as the Doddleton, Doddleston messages. Okay. Uh, the man with the light box. I don't know. The uh, It's just a wild story. I've heard it for years. I mean... And- I always just heard it was like a guy had a computer and he thought he was talking to somebody from the 1500s, which is what the bulk of this is. That's a good summary. Yeah, but then when you really get into it, you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Right. The future's here? You got him in jail because they think you're a witch or he's a witch? And his enemy is a man who's squatting in his property trying to take it from him, so there's a whole land rights issue at stake as a man's communicating with the future. I would like the movie to be based on Thomas's perspective. I want. He's like yeah. talking to this weird box. Mm-hmm. And it's talking back, and he's uh-huh. like, "Is it a demon? I don't know." God, I really want. Yeah, I mean, what are you, what are you talking about, to, sir? I just messages. Yeah, messages. I don't but know. Like, I just hear them. Imagining They're, a movie doing. I just talk, and they get answers. Imagining, imagining. Guy a movie. came out of my chimney. <laughs> it came in his box. Santa came. St. Nicholas crawled down this chimney and gave me this device mm-hmm. that allows me to communicate with the future and receive messages from a future future. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a wild tr- story. It's a weird temporal triangle. Mm-hmm. There's three different eras. From the tachyon. Whatever, man. I don't even know what that means. Tachyon. I mean, tachyons have to do with time travel, I thought. Sounds right. I've heard, I've heard the term before. I just didn't. I can only go down so many rabbit holes, you know? Tachyon has to do with time travel, I can guarantee it. Hypothetical particle that always travels faster than light. That would feel like time travel to me. Yeah. I believe in Star Trek, I could be wrong. Whenever you hear tech, that's what I was going off of. Sure. Science. Tachyons imply temporal problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm more of a Star Wars guy, so it just happens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not so not so much time travel in Star Wars. No, I mean like faster than light. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I understand. Light speed. Mm-hmm. Oh, you warp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a f- wild story. It's in cra- It's in, I was gonna say it's in crazy, but I'll take that. <laughs> so say it's incredible and crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's in crazy. Yeah. The layering. Is incredible. It just I mean, gets more and tiers. more crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we got a poltergeist. That's not great. No. Oh, now we're talking to this computer that we borrow from high school. Now I'm a messenger from the future to a ufologist in my time. Yeah. But I'm not allowed to read these messages, and I won't because well, I'll, fo- I'll follow the rules. And so, like, there's no hacker involved, right? Because no, there's, there's, no, there's no internet. No, there's not hooked up to an internet. It's just. It's not even on a local network or anything. It's no. just a computer sitting on some... It's like this if I turned off the, the Wi-Fi. Right. It's just a box. It's a light box. Yeah. A word processor. Mm-hmm. Stupid laptop. Turn it's, your internet off. Yeah. What are you going to do then? Yeah, nothing. Um, so we're connected through the web of time and space. Mm-hmm. That web. That net. Oof. The ultra web. Is that what we're going with? 
Sure. The ultra web. I'm sure somebody's got a better term, or nope. it's probably just that. Nope. According to me and according to you, the ultra web is the network you use to communicate with, with the past, present, and future. Yep. Using 1984 computer technology. Yep. Or at least that's the vessel. That's the, the you know... Yeah, the analog just, manipulator of this communication apparatus. Like if I just opened a Word document and typed questions and then walked away and came back and there were answers. No internet. I mean, maybe. It's like, what's up? Why use a Ouija board when you can just type on a keyboard? I was going to say. It probably won't happen until all, all the millennials are dead, though. <laughs> and they're like, all right, let's get AIM going again. Ghost aim. Oh my god, ghost aim! <laughs> Game. Game. Ghost aim. Game and Gmail. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yep. <laughs> Ultimate tachyons. Tachyons in full force. Yep. That's a fun story, though. It's a lot I finally got into it. It's a lot for me to process. It's a lot. It's a lot for that computer to process, too. Oh, my God. Is it CPU li- capable of this? It had, like, 36 kilobytes of RAM or something like <laughs> it's that. Like, it's just, like, hey, it's, like, shaking. It's, like, hanging on by a thread. Uh-huh. Too much influence. Too much power. Yep. It's so much power, it's floppy disk get hard. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Floppy disks. Literal floppy disks. Oh, yeah. Shake them hard enough, it sound like a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. That was my thunderstorm. That was not great. It's not the best. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy though. Yeah. Like, what do we do with this? Is it a is it a ghost or a hoax or a time traveler? Like time traveler. Time traveling ghost. I mean, if you a ghost with technology from the future. It's pretty wild. It certainly is. Regardless of what it is. It's a good, wild tale. Yeah, it's a serious damn banger. Mm-hmm. My brain is still disrupting yeah. around the you idea. You know how I feel trying to like condense all this. Everything you were telling me earlier makes so much sense. It's like, I, I got too deep. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool. I can't wait. I'm like, well, you're not wrong. Because his book is like 300-something pages. Great. 350 pages? Why didn't... And a lot of it's messages. Oh, just like direct I, the, I the exchanges so, yeah. back and forth? I don't have the book, but... Right. Well, maybe we should get the book. Mm-hmm. Because maybe someone should adapt it into a film, because not knowing what's coming, it's a very suspenseful story. It's just a nonstop mystery. Mm-hmm. And it's got the different acts in it. You don't know what's going on. Think it's a prank. Then you make the jump. Is it supernatural? And then now it's future based. This one reminded me of when I went down the rabbit hole with uh, what is his name? Hmm. Indrid Cole. Yes. The guy that first saw him. Uh huh. Uh, Derringer. Yeah, that sounds right. Was it Rusty? Woodrow Derringer. Woodrow. Uh, not close. And how his story just kept building and building until he was on Lanolos with them. Like, just wasn't he like naked or something? I'm pretty sure he was amongst them naked and maybe having intercourse with them or bonding with them and describing Lan Eulogian life. 
Yeah. And what they value as a culture, it's like, Woodrow. Yeah, but that's like, <laughs> I went, fr- that's like what this reminded me of because I was like, okay, we got this little little anecdote like yeah. that I know of where uh-huh. Woodrow got pulled over by an alien right. on the highway. Yeah, okay. And then it exploded into him traveling the stars and going banging the, aliens on Lanolos. through the universe. And that's where I, I felt like this took me for such a wild ride uh-huh. again because I was like, oh, it's... A guy, he's typing into his computer, and he's getting messages from the guy who says it's the 1500s. Yeah. Oh, and the future's involved, and ghosts, and poltergeists, or something. Like, like it just keeps getting more crazy. We just don't know where it's going. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun. It's a lot to let sink in. Mm-hmm. Just absorb across my body. But, I mean, I was going to say, if you've received a message from the past or future... But I'm like, if you want to send a, us a message from the past or the future... Yeah, just roleplay that you're from, like, I don't know. Pick a year. Pick a year. Just, what's your version of 2109? Let us know. Or 1521. Or 1521. What was it like to be living in 1521 to communicate with 2109 to 1984? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Or you could even have three movies. I don't like that. It takes away, but I mean, each year. But it's got to be interwoven because you don't know what's going on. Right. It's got to start one way and then end up in a totally wild place. So if you're from the future, you can weird, weird, weird us at. That's a verb. Yeah. Weird us. You can email us at weirdandfeardpodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Leave us a review where that's available. Tell us you're from the future. I would yeah. like that as a review, just five stars. Like, from the future. Yeah, that'd be cool. Thou shalt listen to this podcast. Okay, great. Cool. Thou doth listen to podcast. Yeah. Then 15, box. 21. What is this talking out of this light box? Uh, support us on the patreon.com slash we're in fear. Behind the veils and uh, just support the show. We appreciate that. Got conversations that continue after the main show. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you know. Stay observant of where your messages are coming from and stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. Mm-hmm.